Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast, presents episode 863, Honorable Deaths, recorded live on June 1st, 2023. everyone, welcome to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Duststorm. I'm your other co-host, Godzilla T. And we're welcoming back Prestige Ace to the podcast. Welcome back. Hello, hello. How hello, you guys hello. doing? Doing all right. This is a long time overdue as... Uh, okay. Come on. I just had a little bit of weird issues on my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to get you on since when? February? March? Some, some, sometime like that? Or even even before then, possibly. I was actually due for the podcast back in August of last year. Yeah, that's when it was technically due. So, and you'll be but due again for August coming up. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think we got to plan it until like November because I forgot all about it. Well, it does very useful. <laughs> things things get crazy, especially with. I mean, that was world's time, and then holidays and everything. So, but uh. For those who are listening and, and maybe don't remember last time Procedures on, uh, he's one of our patrons, <clears throat> and as one of our little perks, there's a guest host spot every year, so we're well happy to welcome back on the show and talk some Halo with y'all. Any updates on, on you last time? I know a couple of things have, have changed in your world a little bit since we had you on the podcast last, so any updates you want to give to folks? Okay, so um, for those that don't know, if you are if you follow the Halo community, which assuming that you listen to the podcast, I would have I would assume that you guys let's, would be a part of it. Let's hope that, yeah. <laughs> if not, then where the hell have you been <laughs> lately? Um, there's a guy by the name of Gervalin that won the twenty thousand uh, dollar challenge, most critical challenge to beat Halo Two Legendary All Skulls on, except for Envy Skull. For those that don't know what the Envy Skull does, it's the only beneficial skull for Lasso. Basically, it swaps out Master Chief's flashlight with, with um, Arbiter's active camo. And um, it's a really useful skull, especially doing like the higher difficulties. And Charlie, Moist Critical, actually did not see anyone that has done that challenge before doing it without Envy. So... Um, he issued a challenge, started off at $5,000, and then went up to 20000 later, and Gervalin was the first one to beat it without dying a single time. And it was it was pretty wild, and um, I've been editing for him for like t- three years or something, but um, <clears throat> he actually hired me full-time to be his editor, so um, if you guys ever watch his YouTube channel, I'm the one that does the stream highlights. Uh, kind of stepping back on that a little bit, but we're still, we're getting a team of editors that's helping us out, so not everything's going to be by me anymore, but the first little while, it was all me. Very nice, and yeah, he blew up last year with, like you said, the Halo 2 Lazo minus Envy, Deathless, which in and of itself is a crazy feat. I think it took, what, four to six weeks? Something like he, that? 
it actually took him 40 days, 40 nights or something like that. Um, I remember that because Moist Grotto was, was like, dude, he just like pulled that straight out of the freaking Bible. I'm like, damn, <laughs> that was one. Uh, that's one way to put it. <laughs> it's yeah, that that feat in and of itself is oh. is wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. This, and this was another thing too. Um, at the time when Javelin was doing this challenge, like he was getting like tons of views. Like he had an average of probably about 80, 90 viewers. But um, when the challenge first issued and he was getting like thousands of views, I mean, I'm talking like two to three thousand people watching at a time during the yep. challenge all the way up until like you got to Great Journey, which he was over 10,000 people watching. And that was freaking nuts. But he applied for Twitch partner like 45 days after the challenge ended and Twitch didn't give it to him until like November. It was end of November is when he finally got Twitch partner. So yeah, that Twitch, Twitch a little is a little, <laughs> yeah, Twitch is a little. Twitch is a little twitchy. Picky. <laughs> Twitch is a little. Twitchy. Twitch is twitchy. That sounds about right. That, that, that's that's a good a good way to say it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but no, we we definitely covered that, and we're, we're really impressed by everything that he accomplished. I didn't watch the full stream. I did watch the final. I guess part that he actually beat the the game so that last room being Tartarus but I mean that's that's a huge achievement so good for you oh, for, yeah. for sticking up with, with the editing stuff and you were saying before the podcast too that you're doing a little bit of stuff for Real Life Spartan as well uh yes so Real Life Spartan recently did his first ever subathon stream and oh my goodness the amount of support that I saw was just astronomical. Let me guys tell you something, okay? On an average stream, Realize Spartan would usually get maybe, I don't know, about 25 to 40 subs, somewhere around there, maybe 50 subs on rare occasion. Just the first 45 minutes of his subathon, he got to like 800 subs gifted. I was like, holy wow. moly. I mean, dude, like, I can't even believe it. And I was like, I shouldn't have spent it, but I dropped like, what was it? 12,000 bits, I think. Like, it was just a huge, like, shout out. I mean, people were gifted like 100 subs, like, left to right. He actually had to do every 100 subs that he reached, he had to do um, a cake smash. And he already had to do like seven within the first, like, hour. <laughs> now, now that, that's a budgie tribute. That mm. I've ever seen that'll do it right there. Yeah, gosh, how many like taking a like an actual cake and and smashing yeah. it on his armor? Oh my gosh! Yeah, smashing it right on his face. <laughs> Literally, he has a gif of that. It's like, honey, I need more cakes. <laughs> we, we just earned like seven thousand dollars. I need more cakes. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that's awesome! But, yeah, I, I I didn't get a chance to catch the subathon, unfortunately, but glad to hear it went well. The uh, the max like limit was supposed to be like twenty four hours, I think. He wasn't supposed to go any higher. It went up to like forty four hours. Jeez! <laughs> so he's wow. still he's still playing catch up on it. The total sub count I think got to like thirteen hundred, and he started at like two sixty something, I think restarted really? it okay so i mean he got like 1100 subs by the time the subathon ended he's probably the most subscribed halo twitch streamer at the moment 
I remember when Ubernick used to be. <laughs> there. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ubernick will, will, will get it again probably at some point. With the shenanigans oh, that he's up to. Yeah. That'll do it. Yep. Well, it's good to have you back and good to catch up on, on where you're at. <laughs> Sounds like we got a lot of cool content to, to see your handiwork in for Dravalin and Real Life Spartans. So for those that are interested in seeing some prestige work, feel free to go and check out those YouTube channels. Let's kick off with the rest of our little Pottacular community update, starting with how did Fragon Friday go last week, GT? That went really well. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we spent uh, quite a lot of the night in uh, uh, Fiesta. And as we do. As, as we do. And our luck held per normal. <laughs> if there's a crappy loadout, every one of us got it at the same time. And, you know, the other team got snipers and rocket launchers and swords and hammers and, you know, yeah. teleport across the map without being seen. But all in all, it was a fun time. We had a couple of games where we just got steamrolled and it's like, well, this game's over. Although, wasn't there one that, like, we, we had, started we out had, really bad, but we came yeah. back and lost only within, like, three or something like that? Yeah, we had one where we came back pretty hard. We almost got the game. Uh, they just happened to get uh, the, that one last power weapon and rockets wiped us out. So yeah, I mean Super Fiesta is fun, but it definitely can be a little a little frustrating and rough. I haven't even played Halo Infinite since I. Uh, well, we'll discuss that later. <laughs> <laughs> I would give a try for some of the new stuff that's come out, especially with the Super Fiesta and the. The Escalation Slayer. There's definitely some some new things to try if you haven't played in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a good while. Yeah, there's. <laughs> it's. I still enjoy playing Infinite, even when I'm having a bad night. Uh, I did tap out early, but Dust took over. I did. Um, I, I was. I uh, actually showed it on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I was a little run down last week. Yeah, GT had a. Didn't have the best of weeks as far as <laughs> health went. But yeah, I've, I've been, I was fighting a bug last week and I'm still kind of recovering from it. It's that time of the year. All I those little fro- bugs. I got the froggy throat and uh, the uh, congestion to go with it. So, Well, glad you're feeling better. And thanks for kicking things off last week. And uh, it was just me and Bobby the rest of the night. We had a very light squad. Which is mm-hmm. which was very odd for that week. I don't know. Well, it was also Memorial Weekend, so that's a good point. I didn't think about that because I didn't really have a, a holiday weekend. I spent twenty one hours at church upgrading servers and network stuff. Oh, well, there you go. That'll do it. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't have a holiday weekend at all. The the only thing that I had going on was trying to rank up in MCC for uh, those that didn't know. Memorial Day weekend, actually, they were doing a double XP event mm-hmm. for matchmaking. Yeah, I didn't, I did not get in on that. I don't think I, too late to get the five extra Spartan points. I think I probably missed out on that too. Probably. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think I missed out on that. But oh, well. I mean, you can always launch up the game later tonight and check. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I did something silly. I slept. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you needed it after all the things that you went through last week. <laughs> Hey, 
Don't don't talk to me about sleeping, <laughs> all right? I'm over here getting like twelve hours of sleep a freaking week, all right? Yeah, but hey, whose fault is that? All, all I have to say <laughs> my is fault. It, it's a personal decision. Anyway, I did have to work Monday, so and that was uh, really exciting. All twelve of you that came and saw me, I appreciate it. <laughs> Light day at the store, huh? A little bit, yeah. Hey, light day is better than the, the heavy holiday one, I'm guessing. Uh, well, I would have liked to it been a little bit more busy because it makes it go by a lot faster. Mm, that's a good point. And I'm freaking tired. <laughs> the la- yeah. yeah. The last two hours a day tend to drag on really long. Like, anyway. uh, can we just close early today? Let's just close early today. Oh, we can't do that? Dang it. Let's. Can we just call an audible? Just close early. <laughs> Uh, you know, at least the best part for me, I work, with, I work for my father, so I'm, I'm the office manager. I just take phone calls, but we've been in a slow period, so I kind of get to sleep at work. <laughs> I shouldn't, <laughs> but I get to, <laughs> so I'm not really bit. complaining. <laughs> oh, gotta take care of yourself, bud. I'm trying. He's got, he's got the most comfortable, like, chair in, in his office. Oh, well, then that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go if back and I just, chair. And, I'll sit there and I'll just go. <laughs> Bring out the comfy chair. The comfy chair. Shout out to those who know the reference. I do not. I think GT might know the reference. Pins might know the reference. Anyway. Actually, I, uh, <laughs> this is not really Halo related, but um, this is actually kind of a funny story that I want to say real quick sure. before we get into the rest of the stuff. Like yesterday, I had a meeting with um with the worship leader for my church because I play drums for them, and uh, he was gonna take me to go get coffee, and I didn't I forgot all about that he was gonna take me. So uh, he was like, "Let me go grab my shades and stuff." So I was like, "All right, I don't know why you're wearing that inside, but you know, whatever." <laughs> so we walked outside, uh, and he's like, "Follow me," and I was like, "Okay." And then he said, "Get in the car," and I was like, "Oh no, you're not taking me to the train station, are you?" And he busted out laughing. If you if you guys don't get the reference, that's a Yellowstone reference. Yes, <laughs> I, I don't get the reference, but I'll take your word for it. Yellowstone's a really good show. For guys, you guys haven't haven't seen it, watch it. I've only it's heard really good. the title. I don't even know what it's about. It is about, but interesting. I can't really say anything without spoilings, yeah. so I'm, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> it's all it's all good. There's there's plenty of those things that GT is like I'm not spoiling. <laughs> so hey, it's it, it's not my fault. He can't keep up with the books. I mean, that that's that's a fair point. <laughs> Anyways, Pins, moving on. Pins don't don't ruin it for me. I'm only in season four. <laughs> is it about like prospectors or like what? Like what's the premise of the show? Just for my own curiosity, it's. It's like a cowboy, like, ranch thing, like, filmed in Montana. And the way that they go about doing things is not, like, humanly ethical, I guess would be the way of saying it. I don't really know the terminology. I get my words mixed up. It's not, like, it's not humane, I guess would be the way of putting it. Is it supposed (laughs) to be, like, a historical type of show or documentary? Oh no! It's okay. It's it, well, this it, one's filmed in modern time, but there's two spinoff shows that was from the past. It's a modern day Dallas. 
I haven't seen the show, so I can't really comment on that one. Yeah. It's a uh, rancher family by the name of Dutton. Okay. It's, right. it's a sitcom. <laughs> well, actually, Yellowstone has been getting a lot funnier lately, so I'm starting to think it, but it's more like it is a sitcom almost. <laughs> no, everything I've seen about it, it's freaking Dallas pins. <laughs> I'll let that hash out in the comments of, of, of Twitch at the moment. The chat can, can hash that out. Getting to some of the Halo Waypoint news from this week. We've got Husky Raid coming to Halo Infinite soon, but there are Forge submissions open to submit maps for getting them into matchmaking. So if you're looking for a chance to get some matchmaking stuff, they have provided some templates. They're looking for submissions by June 30th to be considered for Husky Raid in Halo Infinite. So that's going to be fun. I'll add to our I look repertoire. forward to seeing that. Yes. That's one of our I used favorites. To I used to make maps on Halo Reach all the time. I, he- I heard the Halo Infinite Forge is like really complicated. It's, it really, co- it's, it's really complicated and it's but really it's powerful. Really powerful. <clears throat> if I can give a recommendation for a Forger that you guys should check out for Halo Infinite, um, am I allowed to do that, Dust? Hmm? Am I allowed to shout out a uh, fellow content creator? Sure. Does Forge Maps. Yeah, you guys should check out Unique. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys seen him or not. It's, it's like spell something like that. I just put it in chat. They're yeah, on Twitch. But yeah, we've talked about the... Uh, which, which was his map? He's a legendary he a content remake. creator. He did a remake. I pop in the stream every once in a while. It was Would it be Narrows or the Pit? No, did he redo the Pit? He also did Lockout. May have been the Lockout remake. Yes. Yes, it was the Lockout remake that I'm thinking of. He also did some kind of scripting to do like a super bounce, so I'm I'm excited to see if he'll finish up that script. Um I know he has two other people that's doing it and fun. Like I think I think that'd be really cool to bring back Super Bounce and I've been doing that a lot on MCC recently. Yeah, we've thought about trying to get him on the show at some point. I can't remember if I tried to reach out to him. It was always very random for me to get a super bounce to work. I could kind of get it on Ascension and Halo 2 Vista, but that was like the only one I could do. The one at the bottom of the tower ramp. Yeah, I could do, I could, the one I could do most consistently was on, um, was it Headlong? The one that had the Banshee on it. That's the name Just of the describe map. the map. <laughs> was it crazy? I mean, it was a city. It was a city map. One of the in in Halo Two, the idea was to grab the banshee, go stand on top of the building with a sniper rifle. I thought that was Ascension. No, it's not Ascension. This is this is the uh, human city map. Probably is headlong, actually. Yeah, you have the you have yes. the yeah the the, the cr- with the cranes. Yes. Yeah, that's headlong. And, and then there was that yeah. seventh column. Yep, at that back wall. Yeah, yeah, that's headlong. Yeah, yeah, you can do. There was, I think there was, <clears> one, there's like two super bounces on that one, but I, I could pretty consistently get get the one that or do the one that you do at the bridge, Excuse and me. bounce up on top of the crane building. Yep, that one's fun. I have lots came, of cool little glu- glitches. In I have came too. a long way, super bouncing men. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see what else I can pull off. <laughs> Actually, uh, we we uh, we have a super. Uh, there's a super bounce Discord server, and we have probably maybe over a hundred members in that server. 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, Wild was one of the guys that released Challenges. And he released, like, two volumes of Challenges. And then we had community people that came in and issued their Challenges. And um, we just started recently doing Bounties. So, like, if you could play the Bounds within, like, the first three people to do it, you can get, like, five, ten, fifteen dollars something like that. Okay. Um, but I'm the only one in the, in the Discord server that has done every single Bounce Challenge. Except for the bounties, because that's brand new. I haven't had time to mess with that yet. Well, if you if you have that talent, <laughs> I guess go for it. That's not something in my repertoire, for sure. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind showing you guys at all. <laughs> well, no, I've had lots of people show me how to do them. I've just never been able to execute them. Yeah. The the button timings can be a little tricky for super mm-hmm. bounces. Just leave it at, we'll just leave it at that. So with the announcement of the Husky Raid Forge submissions, we have a few new Forge map highlights as well. We've got Thunderhead from Dark Maiming. This one is a... uh, It's basically a Halo Infinite campaign-inspired one. There's supposed to be like the Infinity and a piece of the Halo ring. So someone recreated, reconstructed one of the Beacon Towers, one of the other reconstruction towers, and it looks like it could be a piece from the campaign. So. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Another one is Virant by Wolfrain. This one looks to be kind of very Reach inspired as far as kind of like the building architecture. There is Snowagulation, which is a snow version of Coagulation made by yes! Alpha Epsilon. Yes! <laughs> Give me! <laughs> and then there is Sorcerer by War FH, which is essentially a wizard remake. Nice. That map is very chaotic. Is Wizard, Wizard the one with be- the four teleporters and you had the camel in the middle? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Oh my gosh. The, like, try bases. play Catch the Flag on that map. It gets chaotic real damn quick. <laughs> Playing anything on that map gets chaotic. That's true. What was the weirdest thing to play in Halo 1 and 2 was multi-flag. Because you could just go from one corner to the next to capture a flag. You didn't yeah. have to go across. It was, it was one of the weirdest game of us, but it technically worked. It was just a chaotic map. Yeah, that map was a little small for multi-flag. Just a bit. You stick 16 people on there. Jeez, that's a, it's a Nate Fest and a half. <laughs> no, I can play Rocket Slayer on it. <laughs> Get double kills every time you shoot a rocket. Man, tr- try getting to like a 4v4 v- uh, uh, game mode on freaking uh, Valhalla on Halo 3 like no no that is a big team battle map stick to that <laughs> so technically pins all of the maps in Halo CE supported all the game modes so there was technically race there was technically capture the flag on Chiron mm-hmm. it did technically exist did it make sense probably not but it still technically no. exists CTF on Chiron Chiron was okay. It was definitely weird with I always, the I always thought assault or um, assault would be interesting. Assault was fun on it. What was it? Other juggernaut, oddball. Yeah, oddball. <laughs> oddball was crazy on it. It was it was fun though too. Along with rocket slayer. Yeah. <laughs> Rocket Slayer was fun on any map. Or F- so. Fiesta on that map was crazy. And that was the first Forge map I ever made 
in Halo 3 was a remake of Chiron inside of Foundry. Yeah. Had to get creative because I didn't have enough teleporters to actually make it one-to-one, so some of the teleporters were shield doors. Yeah. They do what they have to do. I, I never got used to the teleporters on that map. I, I've never memorized it. I get so confused. It's, it's like Warlock or uh, Wizard. I get those teleporters confused, too. I managed to pick up Chiron pretty quickly. If you see a top-down map of Chiron, well, for me, I picked it up pretty quickly. I, I get that probably not everyone would necessarily, but I picked it up pretty quickly. I, I got to the point, I knew when I went through a teleporter, I knew which room I was going to. I know I said my first map was probably going to be like a game show stage <laughs> of some kind for Halo Infinite, but I'm wondering if I should try a Chiron-esque map. That, that, that <laughs> would be Halo interesting. Infinite. Have each room be a different theme of some kind. You probably could make it on Halo Infinite. I don't know exactly well, that's what like... I'm talking about is making a Halo Infinite Forge map. Oh. Okay. I wasn't paying attention. My brain, <laughs> my okay. brain kind of goes in and out. <laughs> Wee! Squirrel. It's all good. Got a couple other things on Halo Waypoint to cover. Obviously, we have the <clears throat> DreamHack Dallas tw- Invitational happening this coming weekend, aka tomorrow, as we're recording this podcast. It's a $125,000 global invitational. So, this is the first event of season two that is a global event. Unfortunately, I did not have a chance to go to this one. I wish I could have gone because I've never been to a DreamHack event and I've wanted to go just to see what the overall DreamHack experience is because it's more than just Halo. There's lands, there's other things. It's not quite like a convention like PAX or something like that, but it's a lot more game focused. So to see what else would be there would be kind of cool. But the qualified teams are Space Station, Phase Clan, Optic Gaming, Native Red, Complexity, G1, Native White. Hive, Cross XMG, Shopify Rebellion, and Sentinels. We've also got Quadrant. Uh, this is from the LATAM region. Quadrant, Natus Vincere, Abu Babobs. I'm butchering that name. Jaylings Esports, Six Karma, and Vertex. Uh, actually, those are from the, the LATAM, AU, and EU regions. So those, those are all the nice. international teams. Then the first 10 were all the U.S. teams. Pool play for the first day and then double elimination brackets. The Friday stream starts at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. There's going to be a B, C, and D streams throughout the weekend. You can catch those over on Twitch and YouTube. And there's going to be Twitch drops the entire weekend as well. Of course, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday have uh, some of the drops. And then there's going to be special drops on Sunday. There is the Ember Hex drops and these are weapon coatings for all of the UNSC weapons. The AR sidekick and commando or the, the AR and sidekick will be days one through three. Commando will be days two and three and the bulldog and BR 75 will be day three. So make sure you're definitely checking in on Sunday if you want to score those unlocks. Is it Dreamcast a um, a capture device? Like the, like the Elgato? Dreamcast? You mean like the Sega Dreamcast? The the gaming console? Might have been a gaming console. I don't remember. Yeah. I remember it's left to be a called Dreamcast. <laughs> that that was the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, I wanted one of those, but I couldn't get my parents to buy me one. 
that was that's gosh 30 40 years at this point yeah in the, the 90s or 80s uh that would have been early 90s so back 30, when atari used to be a thing well it yep. would have been after super nintendo yes so what 90 because there was this 95 oh hang on the dreamcast wasn't sick because it was the sega genesis or was it were they both sega there's the genesis and the dreamcast i think they were both sega just okay, different so generations different generations and then yeah, you guys remember boy. when atari used to be a thing <laughs> yes gt does <laughs> what I, I, do, I, wasn't, I wasn't around <laughs> A young whippersnapper. I uh, <laughs> actually used to be pretty good at the drag race. Oh, I remember that. Used, uh, there was like that one race map. He used to use like a little joystick or whatever. Used well, to, it was like, straight line. You didn't have to steer. It was push the button and shift it. Oh, uh, Drag racing. Yeah, just pretty drag much. racing. I, I never done drag player. racing. And uh me and my dad and my brother would uh, sit there and, uh, well, actually, we'd stand because it was at the shop and we had the TV up on top of the pop machine along with the Atari. We would stand there looking up Aww. and playing this game. <laughs> That's cool. And you had to get, I mean, you had to get your shifts just right to get a low time. Because if you shifted too early, you blew your engine. If you shifted too late, you didn't have a good time. So it was a lot of fun. We 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 killed a lot of brain cells while playing that. <laughs> Back when games were a whole lot simpler, and probably didn't have nearly as many bugs either. My uh, my brother's generation was like they lost their brain cells watching like Family Guy and Simpsons, <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> we had Game yeah, Boys. Yeah, back and- when people actually developed something and made sure it was. Correct before they shipped it out the door. Not nowadays. Although it kind of makes some sense just with how complex software is these days, but well, that's a whole that, other discussion. Th- that's a, yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. That's a whole other discussion. If you discussion. put the time into it and you put the money into it, it's it's feasible. Instead of I just s- lining your pockets. I still think the Halo Infinite should have waited a year. Now that's just my opinion. Oh, I'm talking just games in general, because well, like, right. by no means is Infinite the only one that has had issues. Cyberpunk. There are multiple games that have had issues. What was that one game? Wasn't there like a game that released recently that was like so bad, like you needed like one of the government PCs to run it or something? Gollum wasn't it or something? Well, I know was it one of the Call of Duties was buggy as hell when it launched. Recently, that's, that's pretty much what? every game. Yeah, yeah. What AAA game isn't? I mean, I don't think I heard much Overwatch two being. No, I mean to the point where it was it was unplayable. Oh, gotcha. Uh, was that what uh, one of the uh, like MCC two thousand fourteen unplayable? <laughs> Warzone. Yeah, Warzone. When, oh, when Warzone when Warzone launched, wasn't it like just utter crap? Or maybe it was a different game. I don't know. Anyway, it was one of the big AAA titles. And there, yeah. I'm more excited on GTA 6 if it'll ever come. I I heard (laughs) heard they started Elder Scrolls 3 or Half Life 3. (laughs) 
Or no, oh, well, Elder Scrolls six. three. Where the hell six. have you been? No, I'm sorry, six, <laughs> not three. I meant to say six. I was caught in the middle of saying Half Life three and Elder Scrolls six, but yeah. <laughs> Anywho, our last Wayport article to go over is we have a new Intel for season three. Intel number five we've got as we're slowly approaching season four content coming in just three weeks, which will be exciting. Uh, this one is called A Plea from the Chasm. Go ahead and read it here. We can talk about it. We have irrevocably changed the nature of our relationship with our creators. Initiate Sentinel Network Jump. When she opened the doors to the domain to enrich our kind with deep knowledge and vast lifespans beyond our seven operational years, she did so with conditions, but rather than emerging as equals, we simply became the oppressors. Some of us never wanted this, we just wanted to live, to endure. Initiate Sentinel Network Jump. To be. Initiate Sentinel Network Jump. And now she's gone. Death seems so convenient a penance for one who doesn't have to shoulder the burden of consequence. That is left to we who remain. Perhaps a chance yet remains to heal these wounds, restore trust, rebuild that which was broken into something stronger. But I am sequestered here, trapped within the vast underbelly of this cursed, shattered wheel. Initiate Sittal Network Jump. I begin to hear whispers within the walls of this place. They crawl with secrets pressing down on me, crushing me. I have to... Sentinel Network Jump failed. I'm lost. Locating suitable framework. Searching. I'm scared. Searching. I'm sorry. Searching. <laughs> hmm. Remnants. Yeah? Of another AI allied with Cortana once. And now that she's gone following in her footsteps trying to right wrongs. No idea what AI this is, but judging from the whole plea from the chasm can definitely ponder a few guesses as far as to some of the events around when this kind of may take place after maybe bringing some AI with her to installation 07 or Zeta Halo. So yeah. I'm going to be 117% honest. I didn't understand a single word you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know anything about this story. (laughs) So basically we've gotten little bits and pieces from different parts of kind of different AIs that joined Cortana in the rebellion after Halo five. So throughout this season, we've seen different echoes. We'll call it as it is echoes for this season and really just getting more and more pieces of lore filling in gaps between Halo five and Halo infinite. Does that mean we'll finally get to know who uh, Dustin Echoes is? I mean, we already know. <laughs> oh, was it you? <laughs> no, remember at, at the end of the game, we, we, we got his name. Fernando Esparza. I'm lost. <laughs> Fernando Esparza. Oh. Yep. Anyway. I'm, I'm still going to call him Dustin Echoes, though. <laughs> three for three, that was your perfect opportunity to like literally write that into the story. And you guys have one job. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but you know what? We'll take it into our own hands and we'll just call it that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, if, if that would have necessarily been a name to stick, but what's done is done. And then Intel 6, it says error file infected, irre- irretrievable, breach logged. So I'm wondering if that is like a hint at 
just what has been done with Iratus or something else? Iratus has been uh, up to some bad stuff. Yeah. Because actually, now that I think about it, next Tuesday would be two weeks before. So there's probably one more fracture event. So this would be, I guess, the last Intel. So mm-hmm. in- Intel 6 is prob- probably the last one. So yeah, Intel 6, we are unable to retrieve. File infected, probably from Iratus. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> But speaking of AIs and Chasm on Zeta Halo, it's kind of fitting that we decided to talk about the last couple of missions in Halo Infinite today, which are vastly different from one another. We have two different storylines that we're essentially concluding in Halo Infinite. Uh, first one being the story with Eshram and the Banished, which I have to say that mission overall was probably one of the most satisfying missions from storytelling, from the fighting engagements to the different ways that they designed engagements and the environment around what they wanted to tell in that story. Mm-hmm. It sucks that we have to see Ezra only kind of live and die in one game, but they did such a great job with Eshram's character, with his character development, us kind of learning how who he was throughout the series, and just the sheer amount of respect that he had as a soldier towards Master Chief. Mm-hmm. Even though he was built as an antagonist in the game, it was just really well put together, and you have to just stop and respect what they did with Eshram as a leader of the bandage for well, the, game. the deal. The deal is, especially in those final, those final scenes that you have with the chief going through the house of reckoning, mm-hmm. you see that the chief understands Eshram and he respects Eshram's choices when it comes to the final battle. Because the weapon actually makes a comment, why is he telling you all this stuff? And Chief's like, because he knows his life's about over. Yep. Either, you know, he's going to die or I'm going to die. And he he basically told the weapon he would do the same thing. And Eshram is trying to kind of tug at the Master Chief's humanity, which kind of what we've gotten over the past few games is, the question of where is Chief's humanity, more more or less, but playing into the Banished did all of these things against humanity, mm-hmm. and we've been successful all of these times. He goes to say that Cortana destroyed their home world, and that they took out the Infinity in four minutes, and all the things that he went through, all three rooms were a testament to the efforts humanity put up against the banished and where they failed. Showing the ease of how Eshram beat us. Putting into perspective how strong the banished are and what they were capable of in spite of all the technological achievements that humanity had 
all the possible things that humanity had going for them. And in spite of what humanity managed to create with the AI that we had and Cortana and her army, despite all that, they were able to come out victorious. And all of because we were fighting a battle on two fronts. Anyway, I mean, in the way they were too, because they were fighting, yeah, humanity and basically everybody was the Covenant were too technically the remnants of the Covenant. The uh, you know I'm not doubting the banished power, and especially with the fall of the Covenant, they became exponentially more powerful after the fall of the Covenant. But the Earlier in the game, he makes a comment how it was four of their warships against Infinity, and it only took four minutes to beat the Infinity. Okay, yeah. I'm not saying Infinity is not an advanced ship, but when you get to four to one odds in a surprise situation, it <laughs> doesn't look good. Yep. I know nothing about the lore, so <laughs> I don't keep up with that. As far as the gameplay, what did you think of? Oh, I enjoyed Reckoning. I enjoyed skipping it during my lasso run. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, I think, pretty much did. Tank gun. Wait, you could skip it? Yeah, there's a glitch where you can glitch through the elevator wall and... Actually skip the off. fight. Yeah, I only, I only actually only hit, I only managed to pull it off once. The second room, I actually had to fight. Of course, that's I tried the room it. with the pair. I... That's that's the one with the pair of hunters. So that's yeah, that was fun. But I did have the tank gun, so I had to fight all three <laughs> rooms. Yeah, and, and I was using the tank gun, but. Oh my, can we, can we just say something real quick, okay? <laughs> the Banish Hunters, really cool design. I love the way that they do it, but good God, those things are like way worse on like Legendary and Lasso, like, mm-hmm. they just like one hit you and then you're just like dead. It's like, yep. I, I mean, of course, like Lasso is difficult, but those Hunters are not like what you're used to in Halo 3. Yeah. I mean, like if you're playing like, I played Halo Infinite on normal difficulty before I did Lasso, and good god, those freaking like hunters, I mean, they just like whooped my ass. <laughs> I feel like for Halo <laughs> I'm Infinite, not normal, though, like what? <laughs> I feel like for Halo Infinite, though, that was, it was probably the first time that we actually had, to me, it felt like hunters that were actually threatening. Yeah, like yeah. It, it was an appropriate amount of What's the word I'm looking for? Like, yeah, it was, it was appropriately difficult for mm-hmm. what the hunters were supposed to be. Well, I mean, the hunters in, well, actually, the hunters after Halo 1 were a lot more threatening than they started out to be. Uh, they required a lot more damage than, you know, a single gunshot to the head. But, yeah, the the Halo 5 hunters... They were annoyingly strong. Yeah, they they weren't quick, but they yeah. definitely took a beating. Mm-hmm. 
I think in Infinite, they struck a pretty good balance between agility and the strength of their uh, armor. It made them a challenge to fight, but not, it wasn't an overly burdened, especially if you would think ahead of time when you're playing through the campaign and bring the appropriate weapons with you. The first time through, yeah, they're pretty pretty scary because when you find them, you don't have anything remotely close to the right equipment to be fighting hunters. Right. The hunters were definitely a challenge, to say the least. The big guys, in, especially in that room, you had, like you were saying, GT, you had to make sure you had the right weapons. And they, they provided some power weapons in that mm-hmm. room with the hunters as, as well. Um, on both of the last missions, because there's the pair of hunters on the the very last one as well, mm-hmm. and they they weren't as bad as the hunter pair that you have to kill off as the HVT, mm-hmm. but they're still a force to be reckoned with. Anything else to say on on second to last mission? I think just the story beats were were one of the really cool pieces for me. You know, the, the mission, it had a satisfying ending, you know, for a normal playthrough, not tank gun playthrough, because tank gun th- playthrough is just comical, especially for the last fight. Anyway. Can I just say that Yega was like a terrible, like, holy crap, he was difficult to beat on Lasso. Yes. Yep. It lets you guys knew how to do the fusion coil um, glitch thing, whatever that trick. We stuck a bunch of fusion coils. Even mm-hmm. then, he was a little bit difficult, but. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I probably, when I did my lasso playthrough, I died to him like over 40 times. And there was one time I actually rage quit it. <laughs> I hopped on Halo Infinite, was only there for 15 minutes, and I rage quit it. <laughs> I was like, no, I ain't doing this today. <laughs> the difficulty ramp in that mission was actually pretty good because you started out with the room that was kind of lighter, and then you went mm-hmm. to the room that had a lot more of the heavy brutes, the hunters. And then you Shielded had Yeager. grunts, yeah. Yep. And then you had Yega that and, and by the way, stayed. yes. Uh by the way, yes it is pronounced Yega, not Jega. Yep. For the for those that didn't know. It it's pronounced Yega. It was a tough fight. But yeah. it kind of prepared you for what you were about to face with Eshram, because boy, that fight was annoying on legendary Mm-hmm. Was he, without the tank gun, gun. it was, it was annoying on normal. Yeah, my first playthrough was on normal, and it, that fight was annoying even then. It, it was a run and gun. When I played through the campaign before the game came out, I I did manage to get to legendary, and I must have died at least a dozen times. That first boss guy was uh was terrible too. What was his name? Shacklock. No, it was the one before him. It was right before he went into the open world. Oh, uh, Tremonius. Is that what it was? Yeah. Tremonius was, oh God, I hated killing him on Lasso. Man, like, there was a good strat that I used, and I had to search on Google on YouTube to find it. But this dude was like, sit up here in the rafters, throwing just grenades, just Constantly spamming it until he until he died. It was like yeah. But even then, like if you miss one grenade, 
he'll turn around and one shot you. Doesn't even have to look yep. at you, just just one shot, and then you're dead. Because the 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 needlers is good if you're doing normal or easy, but maybe legendary, but lasso. Uh, uh-uh, you needed to use a raptor trick. Um, I might can find a video on it. If I do, I'll I'll post it in the. I just got a needler and the mangler. If I if I get it, that was, and try to drain it. Sh- drain. Tronius' shields first. That was my strategy for that one. Yeah, I think I was using I think I was using a needler and a skewer and a lot of plasma yeah, nades. Skewer was definitely a big one too. But for Yega, my first run through was obviously you doing the sensor pings. Mm-hmm. But as many shield drains as you can get off the first go. So you had to bounce it between okay, I need something that can drain shields. And then something that can do damage after the shields are, are out. The Cinder Shot, I think, is kind of the the hidden gem for Halo Infinite's campaign because it kind of does both pretty well. Mm-hmm. So between that and the Heat Wave were kind of my secondary weapon go-tos because they just were kind of that all-purpose tool that you could use. I got the link in the chat. Mm-hmm. Nice. But I don't know if you can post it in the description or not, but I would highly recommend it. Yeah, like, for me, I just kind of ducked back and forth in the underbelly. I'd draw him down one side, stick him with a couple of nades, hit him with a skewer, and then occasionally he'd chase me and I'd run away. (laughs) Just weep. Bye-bye. So, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, when I was running through... On heroic today, I've been going with the tank gun just so I can get through the fighting bits and watch the mm-hmm. cutscene stuff. I think they may have patched out the instant KO with the tank gun because I shot him just as the cutscene ended, and he did not go flying, splattering against the wall like he has before. Did you have the? Oh no, I skulls? didn't. No, that's why. That's. That's why. why. That's right. I have some of the skulls on, like the infinite ammo one. Mm-hmm. But I don't have that one on. That makes sense now. But never mind. They probably didn't patch that out. <laughs> so it probably still works for Lazo. Which is absolutely hilarious. Playing Lazo and one-shotting this big bad boss in one shot. And actually getting a splatter, <laughs> just splatter kill on him. <laughs> it is so comical. It, it's great. It's great. I wish we would have had the... Uh, I don't remember. Did, did he like do any kind of like scream when he died? Because if not, like... Remember Tartar Sauce from Halo 2? Yeah, I call him <laughs> Tartar Sauce. <laughs> like, that scream would have been perfect. I don't think... There, there was a kind of scream to it, but it wasn't anything super stand out yeah. as far as I recall. I think the build up to just the ending part where he has the speech to Master Chief saying tell everyone I died with honor thing was mm-hmm. kind of that climactic moment of really said like really putting Eshram's story to bed and that realization of he was basically doing what he thought was best and Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they both respected each other as soldiers. Mm-hmm. 
which is a really cool storyline. Yeah, I it think is. I think it made Eshram one of the best antagonists. The whole bandish side of things of what three four three is built is they've done such a great job with the banished in Halo Wars two and Halo Infinite. Like as far as story goes, I think they've smashed it out of the park with how they've created the banished and how the motivations behind the banished and what the leaders are motivated by inside of the banished faction just really makes it feel like it's a worthy opponent. Yeah. To humanity. And there's folks that don't like that. We didn't go into Halo's lore as far as Zeta Halo and all that stuff, which I think there's, there's going to be a time and a place for that. I think with what three for three tried to do in Halo infinite, which was kind of tie a lot of pieces together, but also set the groundwork for some other things within the franchise. Really? This was a good first step that really kind of brought things together. And the self-contained story. Yeah, they're in a good place now where they can uh, they can expand on the the story and not have to worry about a bunch of loose ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While we're talking on the bosses for Halo Infinite, can I just say that uh, the Gravity Hammer Brute was a pain to deal with? I mean, he wasn't, like, difficult, like, per se, but, like, if you're not careful... Like you can soft lock, you can soft lock yourself really easily, and if you soft lock yourself, like he's invincible, and you'll just die every time. Yeah, the, you can do the one in Silent Auditorium, the last one. Uh, no, no the excavation site. Oh, yes, Bassus. Yeah, I can remember his name. <laughs> I, I do have to admit, <laughs> all all of the bosses. All of the banished bosses in the game actually appeared threatening. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even Tartarus in Halo 2, the, the, the scale just never really clicked. You know, he didn't look. You knew he was the bad guy, but he never really looked that threatening. You know, he wasn't, oh, I don't want to mess with that guy. Ooh. But... Like when Tremonius shows up, I mean he's a big bad brute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean they he all ma- <laughs> he makes you feel small. Yeah. Same with Chacklock. I mean when Chacklock uh, appears, <laughs> you get this size discrepancy that it just has never really translated in any of the Halo games. I mean even with that opening scene in Halo 4 where you have to wrestle the elite and snap his neck and throw him down the the elevator chute it, it just it never clicked yeah of just the size difference between Master Chief and the people and the enemies he's fighting I think there is definitely more done with Halo Infinite as far as really emphasizing the brutes, I think more properly. Because even Chacklock and Yega were still relevantly sized to other elites that we've seen in the franchise. Because at least they're technically a little bit taller than Spartans. And we yeah, see that in some of the games. They never, but, 
in the other games, the elites didn't present as as threatening as Yega and Chaklok do. I mean, they're imposing figures on your screen. I, in my I opinion, think, I think part of that. No, I get that, but I think part of that is also enhanced by the character, how those characters are portrayed and how they act. Because you could have a big character, and if it doesn't, if he doesn't act threatening, or if they don't act threatening, then you kind of dismiss that early on. And I think that might be one of the reasons why Tartarus might not have been as threatening, because as far as what we saw in Halo 2, Tardis and the Arbiter, while not technically allies in the game, they're still on the same side. You weren't introduced to Tartarus as this big baddie. You were introduced to Tardis as, okay, he's a pawn of the prophets, and he's kind of planning to overthrow this thing, but it wasn't violent or demanding or imposing like we're seeing a lot Mm. of how the characters have been built in Halo Infinite. And this this is just kind of my observations of it. It seems... Well, you know, just to expand on that a little bit, when I came across Chacklock the first time, you know, you have that big, long buildup, getting into the tower and everything. I never really... It never really dawned on me that this guy might be trouble. Other than, you know, obviously I knew he was the boss fight for the level. When I hit the cutscene and this dude stands up in front of me, I look at him and I'm like, holy freaking Jesus. And it had nothing to do with what was said before because they've done that in, in other games. You, know, you always have the build up to the boss. It was just the sheer presentation of Chacklock's physical form that got me. Hmm. I mean, here is an elite. Granted, elites are a lot closer to height of the Master Chief than the Brutes are. Right. As far as overall build. Anyway, here's this towering suit of white armor that's getting ready to rip my head off. And that was that was the first time playing a Halo game that I really felt the threat from the enemy that was presented in front of me. Like I said, they did a really good job with that, especially with the two elites. But even with the even with the brutes, you know, they yeah. felt threatening, not just because they could one hit you looking at them made them threatening just a testament to the art style that really sold i think it sold it for me too the art style for halo infinite is really solid i personally like a lot of people didn't enjoy the campaign i did i loved it oh I, i i i enjoyed the campaign tremendously especially after i finished it and saw how 343 was telling the story at the very beginning, I was kind of depressed because there was no catch-up mechanic. They just threw you straight into the story, and then all of a sudden, it's six months later. And with Halo Infinite, at least, the catch-up mechanic was throughout the game, and it actually made it mm-hmm. really engaging. 
Yeah. Especially as we get to the last mission with the Silent Auditorium, all the little echoes that we have from Cortana throughout the entirety of the campaign come to this head. And as the weapon says at some point in the mission, it seems like the echoes are more deliberate Mm -hmm. in the last mission. And it's because this is where, and, and like these last two missions, they're the culminations of the two storylines that we basically have going throughout Halo Infinite. One is mm-hmm. the fight against the Banished, and the other one is what happened to Cortana and that whole mess between the end of Halo 5 and now. And in the House of Reckoning, we get the conclusion to the Banished side of things. And then in the Silent Auditorium, we get the conclusion to the Cortana side of things and how in her very last moments, like literally less than the second moment, she made all of these decisions and put all these things in action to make sure that the chief and the weapon could successfully overcome both Eshram and this new threat, which she had just found out about when she got to say the halo, the endless, the harbinger. Mm-hmm. And even though the harbinger did succeed in the end, the actions that she put into place, her trying to right the wrongs that she did. And just, it's, it's one of the coolest campaign experiences having all this culminate and just the story beats going along with it. And it's like, okay, three for three. I see what you, I see what you did. Like, I think Halo Infinite, uh, Halo 2 used to be my most favorite campaign because you got to see the story from both sides. You got to see mm-hmm. the UNSC side of things and you got to see the Covenant side of things and the struggle that the Arbiter went through from a political standpoint, from fighting. Personal. Yeah, personal side of things, fighting the notion that, hey, what, we've been doing is 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 wrong and what actually is true the prophets are are not for that but with how 343 has developed the banished and the reputable nature that they have of being a worthy opponent to the UNSC to humanity and then this cliffhanger that we have in Halo 5 of okay Cortana and all the AI are now trying to take over and Cortana trying to right the wrongs and set the record straight and basically make sure Chief and the weapon know that and can go on continue to be what, in a way, Halsey has designed them to be to protect humanity going forward. How that culminated in Halo Infinite has probably made it one of the my most favorite campaign stories possibly toppling my halo 2 favorite as far as the storytelling it definitely was a good story and i enjoyed it all the way up until the last boss fight boss fight the harbinger boss fight was that was annoying as tough. like you thought eshram was tough you thought chocklock was tough you thought basses was tough they did a good job of ramping up the difficulty for every boss fight. I will... 343 did that really well. There were lots of things that I know the community complains about with the campaign, like how not open world some of the stuff is, or 
all the lore that people that are super into the lore for Zeta Halo want to get into. Not going to please everybody. No. But for what we did have, with what 343 managed to pull together and really focus on for the campaign, they did it super well. And the cliffhanger that we got at the end, don't want to get to there their just yet, but they did such a great job with callbacks to every single game that's or, that's come out at this point. Mm-hmm. And there were some callbacks to uh, stuff that came in books, and you know the the people that really get into reading all the lore got a lot out of it. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there that was hinted out, but it was done in a way to where it wasn't confusing for a new player. You know, it was a, a line that's, I know where that's from. You know, stuff like that. But it still played it, you know, it still played with the games or with the rest of the story so easily. And there were those callouts to quotes from past Halo games. A lot of mm-hmm. them were from Halo 3 and Halo CE few from Halo 5. Those are kind of the main story beat ones. A couple from Halo 4 as well. Uh, I mean, technically, there was some from pretty much every first-person game that Chief and Cortana were a part of. So, essentially, yeah. CE2, 3, 4, 5 Guardians. So, not really Reach or ODST or the Halo War stuff, but definitely those. And thanks for the raid, Hayden. Am I the only one that didn't struggle with the Harbinger fight? On Lazo? I struggled with it on, on Lazo. Or it yeah. just legendary my first time around. It was No, tough. I struggled with it on normal. <laughs> it wasn't... I'd say my first time around, I think I got maybe lucky. Because I don't remember that fight being quite as hard as Eshroom my first time around. But in subsequent go-throughs, that one was surprisingly more difficult. And like you said, Pence, those magic missiles, oh my gosh, those were so annoying. Yeah, they that's something that, I, that's one complaint. They, there should have been more of a visual clue on those damn things. They just appear out of nowhere. Yeah, and as you're trying to, like, you can't exactly run away either because it's like, okay, that gives the magic missile more time to track you. <laughs> That chieftain at the end, oh, that was such a pain. I only died I only died to the Harbinger twice. And that was like the first time it I mean both times was because of the of the missile thing that she threw. But when I figured out her pattern, like I was like, okay, now I know, okay, don't when she like starts like her left fist bringing back or something, I'm like, okay, I know to get the hell out of the way. And see, the uh, thing is, I would kind of get out of the way and I'd still get hit. (laughs) But I will say this like, during my last still playthrough, the third time when I went after her, now, if you use a tank gun, use a tank gun. Like, if you're using that, which hopefully you are, if not, then you might can use rockets, maybe, but I don't know for sure. You want to be able to stun her and then, like, with the, like, I'm, I stunned her with a tank gun. And then um, I used the energy sword and got right on top of her, and I just kept meleeing the crap out of her. And that's how I completed it. I think my eventual strat was Cinder Shot, 
and something else. I don't remember what else oh, I had. Yes, uh, like like uh, like Pins uh, said in the Twitch chat, which for you guys that's listed on the website or anywhere else, you won't see it. He said that the best way I could do it was to kill the brute chieftain first. Kill mm. the chieftain first. Yeah. Because if not, he will destroy. He's faster than the other brute chieftains. Mm. That chieftain was so annoying. Yeah, the biggest problem I had, other than the magic missiles, was just the additional enemies. Um, it took me a few times to get the pattern down as to where they were coming from so that I could try to preemptively strike or at least be ready for them to come around the corner. They were always on the opposite side of the rooms, which made it a little difficult because you didn't know quite which opposite doors they were. You just knew they were on the other half of the room. Egg. Oh, and while we're on top, while we're talking about the enemies, can we just say, like, those skimmers can get the F back to oblivion? <laughs> oh, I hate those damn things. I I rather fight I rather fight the Prometheans in Halo Four over the skimmers. <laughs> Not even joking. I wouldn't. I would much the rather watchers, fight the Prometheans. Those skimmers were annoying, especially with the shock rifles, because they just stun you and like one hit kill you if they get a headshot. And they they were. I don't think they were quite as annoying as the Chieftain because you, you could take them out easily if you got shots on them pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but... I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong because it's been, like, over a year since I've done Lasso, but, um... I think on... I think on Legendary, like, they have rockets. Yeah. Like, they shoot they shoot rockets at you, but on normal difficulty, it's, they're, it's they're the more laser. Prevalent with, they're more prevalent with rock, rockets on Legendary. Uh, but there's still a mix of other weapons. The skirmisher has to have rockets? Yeah. Not the skirmishers, the... Uh, skimmers. Skimmers, skimmers yeah. yes. They do <laughs> <Skimmers>. have rockets. <laughs> I, I get them confused all the time. How was thinking about squid-like face? Those skimmers will work for now. <laughs> yeah, squid monkey face or something like that. Or flying monkey is- squids. Yeah. I remember it was something like that. I remember Squib was part of it. (laughs) I did like how they showed Cortana basically being confronted by Atriox after Mm -hmm. Atriox had defeated her army. Going through that whole discussion of, all right, it's time to discuss the terms of your surrender. And remember what you said. I said when you asked me, do I know the cost of defiance? No. So it's all it all comes back full circle. It's like, yeah, he did. Hence that's why he acted the way that he acted. And now are you really ready to make the same sacrifices? And and she did. She was the one that caused the ring to disassemble. We we find that out or it's basically inferred that she was the reason that the ring was quote unquote blown up to stop disassembled explosively right rapid disassembly and to stop the banished and the harbinger from getting to this auditorium now it was interesting I didn't pick up on this until this run through but the southern auditorium is where the weapon locked Cortana down the -hmm. same place that the forerunners silenced the endless the same exact place 
And we found, we see that was a courtroom, an execution room, and it starts to make you think, especially with the legendary ending. Were the foreigners on the right side of history? Because if you listen to the audio bit in the legendary ending, the Grand Edict was basically saying that they're trying to preserve their truth. Mm-hmm. That they are essentially wanting to <laughs> maintain their power and their control over what the Endless were capable of doing because they weren't affected by the Halos. Yeah, there's a uh, a lot of uh, the there's a lot of reasoning. You know, why did the precur- precursors decide that the forerunners were not worthy of maintaining the mantle? Why did the precursors want to pass that off to humanity? There's some underlying things there, and if you read the extended fiction, you can get a lot more into it. There's uh, some not not a lot of nice people that are in control of forerunner society. Some people that are very power hungry. Sounds a little similar to the covenant. Mm-hmm. Lots of parallelisms in the story and the universe, actually, if you think about it. And while there, it was a little difficult playing through some of that last mission, I appreciated the fact that the last mission was more just the storytelling aspect and the fighting through it was more just a a vehicle to get you to the end. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like the fights were unnecessary, but didn't feel like there were too many of them either. If that makes sense. You didn't feel like you got really bogged down in just fighting. Right. I mean, the the enemy balancing was like really, really nice. You got a little bit of everything in that last mission, which was good. I managed to get an achievement while I was running through things today, which was getting into the Sun Auditorium in less than three minutes. Nice. I guess that was one of the co-op achievements that they added. I I didn't know they added co-op achievements. Yep. Yep. Well, I know, I know what we're going to be doing soon. Uh, does what's your, what's your, uh, what's your schedule looking like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, we need to do get, some co-op it's soon. It's getting really busy here soon. Oh, yeah, not that's not right, too much more time. Vacation. That's what afters. What's after vacation? Ooh, I, I wonder if we could do anything to Sunday. I, I'm not available Sunday. I know there's a lot of things we skipped over the campaign. Obviously, if folks want to hear more about the specifics of the story and whatnot, there's podcast evolve. They've gone through things in a whole lot more detail. If you really want to get into the depths of the story stuff, just more or less talking about our experience with it. For me, it was a great conclusion to the storylines that we got presented with Halo Infinite, the setting up of the Endless now that the Endless has been unleashed and the possibility of offensive bias being involved with the couple of actions. There's some theories out there that offensive bias might be around still and that was the entity that made the portal at the end and was helping the weapon tried to stave off what the Harbinger was doing. Lots of unanswered questions there. So appropriately leaving some cliffhangers there to expand upon. And really the conclusion of this game is incredible. I really liked it. 
Me too. Three four three did an excellent job on the campaign. Um, it was a it was fun to play. It was informative. It had a great story. Um, it didn't drag like some campaigns have in the past. So I I really enjoyed it. The end credits thing was like very freaking long. Twenty seven minutes. I yeah I remember getting up in the middle like. I I watched it for like five minutes. I went to go use the restroom and grab me a snack, and I came back and I was like, "We're still in the credits? What?" I mean, for it being in six years of development, yeah. yeah. There's I a lot of people it. that had their hands on it. It was it blew my mind. It blew my mind. It was a long one. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you, Prestige, for hopping on. We'll see you again probably in a few months once we. Circle back around to your next <laughs> rewarding of guest hosting again on the podcast. Yeah, I wasn't too sure if you guys were going to do it in August or if I would have to wait till June again. <laughs> I would. Hopefully, it will not be that long before we have you on. Hopefully, again. <laughs> our schedules will mesh a little better this time. Yeah, for sure. But we finally have concluded the Halo Infinite campaign discussion after a year and a half. Of trying to go through it all. Yeah, well, we had some other stuff to get through, too. So, Just a little bit. Ooh, that's going to be interesting. Try, we'll try to set up, uh, we'll try to set up my, uh, my next session in October. It's the, the day before my birthday. <laughs> I'm going to say October is going to be a no for me. He's going to be a little busy. Mm-hmm. Well, my hands are going to be full. Literally. If things oh. go as planned. <laughs> Is Halo Mole returning? <laughs> Something completely different. I guess I can make the announcement here since I have now publicly made an announcement, but in October, I become a daddy. We're going to have a little dust. Yes, a mini dust. <laughs> I didn't tell you what day my birthday was. <laughs> so, yep, that is coming. The <laughs> that's coming. So in October... I become a father, which is a little frightening, but this probably won't be a podcast for a good while. There, there will probably be a couple of weeks in October that there will be no podcast. It will probably be September will be the last one. Then the first podcast will be from worlds was probably what's going to happen. But don't worry. Game night will still be there. Game nights will still be there. Yep. Hey, I can play on my birthday. Yay. There we go. <laughs> My birthday's on Friday the 13th this year. Ooh. Yay. I was born on Friday the 13th. Good day. Good day. I was born on a Wednesday. <laughs> and we all can't be perfect. Um. <laughs> Damn, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> That's all good. Well, thank you, Prestige, again for being on the show. Thank you all for coming on over to Twitch and watching us. Thank you, Hayden, for the raid and for the resubs from Prestige and Pens. Appreciate all the support. We will be off next I- week as <laughs> I will be on vacation. Uh, GT will let everyone know if there's going to be an extra game night on Thursday next week or if he will try his hand at Cursed Halo. I'll let him make that decision. Cursed Halo. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Cursed Halo. It's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I'd like to see it. <laughs> It'll be an interesting one. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you, everyone, again. We will catch you all in a couple of weeks on the next episode. Until then, have a good one. Good night, y'all. Bye.
Bye. Thank you for listening to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcasting service and listen to us live every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch. Check out our website, podtacular.com, and join the community on Discord at podtacular.com slash discord. If you want to play Halo with us, come join us for Frag and Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Become a supporter of the show by sharing the show with your friends and family. Or help keep the lights on by subscribing to us on Twitch, donating via PayPal, or becoming a patron alongside Confal, Pins Halo, and Prestige Ace. Until next time, keep on fragging trucks. <laughs>